This episode of Weed and Grub is presented by Smoking Paper. Smoking is one of the leading brands in rolling papers. You can find smoking on five continents and in more than 100 countries worldwide. Slim, king size, hemp, there's a smoking paper for every kind of roll. Smoking is committed to quality papers and respect for the environment. Follow at Smoking Paper on Instagram or go to smokingpaper.com. Smoking. Roll with it. This episode is also brought to you by Magical Butter. The Magical Butter Machine is the easiest, most consistent way to make edibles at home. Simply add your herbs and your butter, cooking oil, or grain alcohol, set your time and temperature, and the machine does the rest. Go to MagicalButter.com and use the code WEEDANDGRUB for 20% off at checkout. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's. I'm gonna give it a B plus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait. Out of. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a B plus. It was a Burt plus. Uh huh. Sorry about that. <laughs> it was oh, so small. I'm sorry. It was. It, it felt big. Did it? Yeah. It felt like golf ball sized coming out of me. Do you know oh. when you can feel the size of the air pocket that the bird makes? Yeah, like a like when a whale blows out the blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so rude. I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about the context. All I thought of was the bubble coming up to the surface. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I'm over here getting called a whale. <laughs> Welcome to whale and grub, everybody. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This oh. is a podcast about weed. And grub. <laughs> and, and whales. And whales. Yeah. And burps. Anything we want to talk about. Hell yes. Oh, Smoking, so snacking, and yapping. Fuck yes. It's so good to just sit here and laugh with you. I've had a crazy fucking day, so this is really nice. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry I called you a whale. <laughs> Adjacently. <laughs> totally fine also that burp was so funny though yeah did you like it do you ever think about what it means when your body burps like do you ever have a bad thought and then you burp or if you kind of do something and it feels like you're on the right track and you sneeze has Uh, that ever worked out for you that way i don't know i definitely um i have like a weird thing where i burp sometimes without like my sister gets kind of mad about it because she's like you're so gross like why do you do that i'm like well i don't know if i feel like the need to expel air like i'm a burper you know yeah. what i mean and it is kind of gross and i try not to do it in public and i'm sorry i just did it here for everyone listening i thought it was so funny and so it was like teeny but what, what do you mean like when what's the significance to you you think that's something leaving my body yeah apart from the air yeah like i genuinely think it's your body's having like a physical reaction to energy sometimes hmm. or um a, a thought that you have i there there's some connection between burps and sneezes with positivity and negativity i genuinely believe that interesting like I today feel another one coming on do you really? yeah yeah I, i'll lean away from the microphone if i burp again but okay. yeah today what well like today so sorry it's okay i okay. want to hear it oh it's it's gone okay Um, like I had an audition today and so I was kind of running my lines, running my lines and I felt myself nail it out loud for the first time. Like I finally just locked in into how I wanted to 
say it and feel it. Cool. And I immediately sneezed three times in a row. And oh. it felt so good. And I was like, boom, that's how I know I'm on the right fucking track. Like my body was like, yep, yep, that felt right to us too. Ching, 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 ching. Like, you know? And there have been other times when I have had a thought where I'm like, oh, that's something I need to work on. Or somebody's telling me something that hurt their feelings. Mm. And I have to like hear that, listen to that, and internalize it. Uh-huh. And for some reason, it makes me burp and I'm like, whoa, okay. Like this is like darkness that is, de- that I'm dealing with. That's how I think of it. That's so interesting. Well, you know, do you know about the humors? I mean, that's sort of like a medieval term, but the sort of like the different gases and spirits that like leave and come and go from your body. I think that's sort of the idea is that like th- there are bad things that you can expel with a burp. And I don't know what the, what the theory is around sneezes with that whole idea but i feel like they feel great and they're almost like a little reward for your body well they're like little orgasms kind of yeah right little soul rewards i have a thing uh where if i look at a really bright light when i need to sneeze it makes me sneeze right away do you have that yeah that's probably angels yeah (laughs) but i love it because i you know when you feel the sneeze coming on and you like i can like do a few things to make it come on and it always feels so good when you actually achieve that moment but i love sneezing yep yeah yeah i do i it, it it's a reward for your soul yeah so i don't know i don't i don't i would love to if anybody else feels this way or they've ever had like a negative thought about themselves and it's made themselves burp hmm I would love to hear about that because yeah. it's, I, I, yeah, there's something there. Do you ever notice when Archie the dog sneezes, he like sneezes when he's happy? I didn't know that. It's like a terrier thing. Yeah. Like when he comes over, like we're here at your place right now and he comes over and he like always sneezes when he comes in the door and then he yeah. kind of, like jumps up on your bed and he'll like, like bury his nose in your uh, bed cover and he'll like sneeze a few times. It's this way of expressing happiness is a sneeze. I'm so happy right now. It's a terrier thing. Yeah, he smiles too. He smiles and sneezes. It's very sweet. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. All right, so there's something to this. Definitely. All right, word. Cool. I dig it. Hey, right, this is a nice start. Look at us. You <laughs> call me a whale and then here we are. <laughs> I can't let that one go. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> What's going on with you? You were just oh. in uh, <clears throat> fucking... Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, if I... Um, are you okay? No. Well, yes and no. Speaking of throats, okay. There needs to be. Let's. Can we talk about weed for a second? Do you yes. mind if we jump right into the weed part of the weed and grub? All about it. Good. So I was in Charlotte, hosting a bunch of panels and stuff for about. Some, how do I say it? It was called E two E, and I was hosting a bunch of panels in Charlotte with people who design Hubble telescopes. Uh, one woman has a created a three D printer for amputee. Uh, uh, like what's to it? Print uh, prosthetic limbs. Print, yeah, because then Whoa. it can be so on point and so molded down to such a specific science. And also, there's like fashion involved because when you 3D print, you can use different looking molds too. So there's a whole fashion element to them. Wow. So the, was this conference like? Um, it was a sort of like a South by Southwest kind of vibe, yeah. like a convergence of tech and uh, and art kind yes, of thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so I was hosting a bunch of panels and hanging out with a bunch of artists, having a great time, but. I flew with my favorite new pen, Mm -hmm. and everyone there wanted to try it, Mm -hmm. and it gets you really fucking high. You Mm -hmm. can hit it hard, and you can hit it high, and now my throat is all fucked up, Uh. and so I need a cannabis company to create some kind of self-sanitizing, weed-smoking, shareable something. Uh, Okay, alcohol wipes. I don't want pocket. I don't want more pockets. You don't. Well, okay. Um, 
Do you and, know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like things in my pockets. So if I have to carry alcohol wipes everywhere, like I'm a dad with no baby, that's not what I'm interested <laughs> in. Like, everyone's going to be thinking I'm eating ribs all the time, but really it's just because I want to, like, share good weed. Yeah, you don't want to have, like, the moist towelette situation. Yeah, and yeah. also I don't want my hands. And if I if I end up carrying around, like, hand sanitizer, ugh, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, I know. it's not, not the best. Mm-mm. I hate the way that shit smells, too. Yeah, it, it tastes bad. Ugh. The whole thing. It smells like, um, you know, like, when you go into, like, any place with air freshener or urinal cakes or just one of those, like, really synthetic bad smells that's meant to mask yeah. whatever the fuck is going on with it. I hate hand sanitizer. I hate it. Burns your pee hole. The whole thing sucks. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but so, okay, how about... Um, like it was your pen yeah you don't want to do alcohol wipes um, and i don't want to wipe it because i don't think you wiping it on your dirty ass shirt that's been around all day isn't going to do anything it's no. going to double down on the germ quota so there are a couple of things that i know of like when i used to work at big weed events where you would have to smoke with a lot of people there are a couple of things one was this crazy piece that looks like a rubber butt plug that you would use for sharing bongs did you ever see those no they're crazy they're like basically like you wear them on a lanyard and it dangles around your neck and it really does look like you're wearing, wearing a silicone butt plug around your um neck is a you know like a piece of uh, wearable functional butt plug art but it's <laughs> actually so you can share <laughs> so you can share bong rips with people no wonder that never caught on it just never really did and it's such a good idea and it's so necessary if you're like smoking at an event where you're like pieces gonna p- get passed around like it's really a great idea but it just didn't look great i don't know if they ever really thought about what it resembled but anyway so that's one option if you're sharing glass at events and then the other thing is they do actually make like little teeny vape pen um mouthpiece condoms that you that i've seen like vape pen companies use at events where a bunch of people are trying the you know like at the sample station they'll have all their pens out for display and they'll have these little mouthpieces that are um disposable they do exist but then you have to carry around a pocket full of those so I guess neither of those options is really what you want. No, I don't want to ask everyone to put a condom on before they hit my pen. (laughs) Or, hey, did you happen to bring your butt plug? Like, neither of those is is inviting. And you don't want to carry around an autoclave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you had a torch or a lighter, I guess you you could use the heat to sanitize it. That's what we... I always forgot about that. That's always what we did when we're passing around a glass piece. Yeah. Was before you hit it, you always torch the... Yeah. Uh, mouth end. Yeah. And then hit it. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. And your pen has a stainless steel tip, right? Yeah, but then I have to have a lighter yeah. to torch the edge end of my pen, which is an all-in-one. Well, you should always have a lighter, though. Word. No true No matter that. what. It's like 100% true that. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know? Never be without a towel. Mm-hmm. Like, a, yeah, if you smoke weed, you should always have a lighter. There should just be some kind of self-cleaning surface that is like, that eradicates germs all the time. Huh. Right? I bet it exists and we just don't know about it yet, but somewhere in a laboratory. Like, there are such fucking cool things on this planet. You just made me think of Vanta Black. Do you know about Vanta Black? No. It's the blackest black that exists. And there's this one artist who bought all of the paint that exists in that color. It's so black that it absorbs all light. Wow. Yeah, it's this crazy, 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 crazy black that was created in a lab. That, like um, the color is literally a black hole. It's literally, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's really funny because this one artist bought it and there's like a serious source of like beef in the art world because this one artist has access to this one paint. Um, I love that he has a monopoly on yeah. the color. And he's like a dick about it too. It's pretty funny. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name, but Vanta Black is the name of the paint. So I was just thinking like that probably exists. The self-cleaning surface that, you know, is constantly sanitizing itself must, must exist. It has to. It's been created for a hospital or something. 
something or a space station? Yeah. Well, because alcohol is the key, right? Like if you're going to like put a syringe in your arm, they always wipe it down with a cotton swab with alcohol mm-hmm. or a piercing or surgery. It's either heat or alcohol. Heat or alcohol. Mm-hmm. So there must be... So then there would have to be some kind of heating, cooling mechanism because it's your mouthpiece. You don't want to put your mouth on something hot. Right. That's uninviting. And if it's too cold, that's also inviting. But it should have some like quick... Little like spurt of alcohol that comes out of it naturally? Like mm. like built to... What do you think? Either that or maybe there's like a heated coil in the mouthpiece next to a cooling agent. Ow. So it like heats up right away to eradicate 99.9% of the germs and then it cools right away. Like there well, has to be Well, that's an autoclave. Like a, that's, a, that's how you sterilize like um, nail salon equipment. You know, you put it in, it's a, it basically superheats it to kill the germs and then it cools it. I love that. Or, okay, that, so either you need a built-in autoclave uh-huh. for your vape pen or if there's a way to get that, what's that uh, blue liquid that you always drink when you go to the barber. Oh, gross. Barbicide? Yeah, barbicide. Okay, so you want to carry some of, some of that around instead? No, but I am picturing some kind of like cap that has a little oh, barbicide in it. I don't know. That's... There just has to be some convenient way. Mm, all right. Well, somebody should work on that and get back to you so you don't get germs from sharing your vape, which is very, you know, like what you should do. Obviously, always share, but... Always, but now my, my throat feels like a strawberry. Like Ooh. it... You know what I mean? All pockmarked? Yeah. Mm. It sounds like it tastes delicious, but feels gross. Exactly. Mm. Do you ever get that thing? This this whole episode is like weed and grub, but it's all about the human body. <laughs> Do you ever get that thing where your throat tickles so you can't stop rubbing your tongue oh. off the t- roof of your mouth? Yeah. And it's this endless cycle of pain that you can't get enough of? I totally used to do that when I was a kid and I would go, or wait, no. That sound? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, I don't know, but I can't stop. You're scratching your throat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's an itch that only gets his ear. Ooh. I'm Somebody's so listening sorry. to this right now and rubbing their tongue against the roof of their. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about the secret way to smoke a joint so you don't have to touch the tip of the bit to your lips if you're sharing it in a circle? Butthole? No. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. No, you um, can stick it between like your first and second or second and third knuckles, basically, and then smoke out of the, and then make a fist and then smoke out of the, do you see what I'm doing? I absolutely, so you're making a fist and then you're holding the... So I'm basically, yeah, if I'm making a fist and you put the joint between your second and third knuckles and then you smoke out of where your forefinger meets your thumb, that's the mouthpiece. So you're basically creating a little chamber with your hand so your mouth isn't touching the wet end of a blunt or joint at a party. I love that move. I would feel okay doing that move. Totally. Yeah. Totally fair. Yep. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, it is like a little kid coughing in your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over in a circle. Yeah. Can't have it. Not not into it. Yeah. All right. I think I I, I take pride in my immune system. Uh-huh. I think I have a great immune system. Oh, yeah? Everybody's sick, and I'm like, not me. Top notch. Top, tip, top, top, tip, top at the, the Olympic, tip. Olympic level immune system yes Mm -hmm. yeah it's a gold medal immune system (laughs) but if you take a flight all the way to the east coast share your vape pen with hundreds of strangers at an event that you're shaking a bunch of hands with and then immediately fly back to the west coast no nobody is that superhuman it's true it's there's yeah not many immune systems could get through that without being compromised yeah i'm sorry it's okay so i i think all of this is just to say somebody please invent something so that i can share my vape pen without the consequence all right 
self-cleaning vape pen noted yeah what about hmm i don't know okay what are you having ideas yeah but they're like they're not really ideas they're just like flashes of (laughs) momentary madness momentary madness (laughs) i'm going i'm losing my fucking mind i'm losing my mind how are you this week i'm doing okay i moved into my tiny house and i have been unpacking my things into my tiny house and just finally today i got fucking internet and i it's made a huge difference i was able to like do some work file a story um, I now have TV for the first time in like years and years and years. I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm good. What's it like to have TV? I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, I was staring at it when the technician was, um, saying like, okay, so the HD channels start in the thousands and the, you know, here, here's on demand. And I was like, totally like, you know, when they, the chimps see the monolith in 2001. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what's on demand? You mean I can watch anything? How long is your... I have HBO. Ah! That's so funny. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. Yeah, I have no TV. You were like... like ah! <laughs> he was like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> He's backing towards the door. Yeah, he was like, I'm just going to take my ladder and my drill and get out of here. <laughs> how, how long is your remote? Uh, uh, like a foot? I don't know. How many buttons on it? So many buttons. Got like a hundred buttons. I don't know what any of them do. Now wild. I'm so excited to just like yeah, like lie in bed and watch a movie, like eat an edible, and just oh, I'm so excited for that. Actually, do you mind if I take off? <laughs> <laughs> How long have we recorded now? I, know. <laughs> I do have to say the one thing that uh, is especially great for me to be in my new place is that I don't have to deal with my old fucking landlord anymore. I just have to say, like, I I had the most uncomfortable experience with him when we were doing the walkthrough so I could get my deposit back, where he, like, stared right at my boobs. And it made me feel so... Yeah, like, he got such an eyeful of me, and it made me feel so uncomfortable in a way that I just, like, haven't experienced that in a while. And I'm just really glad to be away from someone who was just so blatant about, like, really just, like taken me in did he know he was doing it too absolutely yeah and it was very uncomfortable because we were alone in an empty space with closed doors and it was like did you feel him looking before you caught him looking like what was the breakdown for i was facing him and i'd been cleaning all day so uh before he came over and so i was wearing like a kind of a clingy (coughs) sweaty shirt that was definitely like showing off my shape and he just was like full on like eyes on my breasts while he was you know talking to me about how I needed to make sure that the um sink was clean and that like that to that level like where he's you're like, as I you're talking just, to me you're staring at my chest right now yeah. and all I want to do is be like hey fuck face hi eyes up here hello hello I like it had been a while since I had had someone do it uh, that blatantly in like a in a, a situation as a, you know I mean of course he got fucking ogled on the street and cat called and shit but this was like in a transaction with someone that I'm having a professional in you know moment with and um yeah it just freaked me the fuck out and I was like I'm so fucking glad to be out of there can I ask you a dumb question what it's it's a dumb okay why didn't you say anything <sighs> there is a level of um, awareness that you have as a woman when you're in an enclosed space with a guy who is giving you that kind of vibe where you just don't escalate by confronting ever. And it is totally self-preservation. And um, it may or may not have made a difference if I had called him on it. But in that moment, my instinct was to absolutely say nothing because it felt dangerous. Yeah, And that's just the fucking reality is that like you're... 
um, Spidey Sense tells you to just go quiet. And because if like, you move on, is it is it let's get this shit over with and get the fuck out of here? Let's get the fuck out of here. It's sort of like that, you know, it's it's the, like the, uh, you, I feel like my reaction is I go tharn. Do you know that saying? Did you no. read Watership Down? No. Or it's, it's what happens to a rabbit when they're in danger. They go completely still and quiet and they just, you know, kind of completely, they, they freeze. It's paralysis, fear paralysis. That's kind of what happens in that moment when there's any kind of danger like that with someone who's a possible. I'm not saying that he's necessary. I don't have any evidence that he's a predator, but I just felt Nobody is a on. piece of shit. Yeah. I felt, I felt really, really, really... Um, awkward and it made me I just hated it so much because I, I didn't feel safe and it was in my apartment and you know it just sucked so what a fucking piece I, of shit yeah I didn't say anything because I felt um like uh, it wasn't the wise choice to say anything I didn't want to escalate it so I just got the fuck out of there as soon as I could but I'm glad that I don't have to write checks to that person anymore damn right bye and if you did say something, see, it's so easy for me. I'm so glad we can talk about this openly yeah. because it is so easy for me to picture myself in your situation, which I think is the natural thing to do sure. when you're hearing a story like this. But n- men can't picture them. I can't because situation. my first thing that I picture is then me being like, you got a fucking problem, pal. And then we get in a fight and I smash his head through a wall <laughs> and I kick him at his knee the way I've seen Van Damme do a million times. Sure. And then I walk out of there, straighten my shirt, push up my boobs, slam the door behind him, and then be like, see you never, bucko. Like, that is my initial imagination. Right, but you don't have boobs. <laughs> no. But that's also why I really appreciate you answering a question like that. Sure. I mean, the, the rea- yeah, like the, 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 the hard, cold reality of it is that if you do have breasts or if, you know, I mean, if you're anyone who's ever felt like you're being... Um, sexually preyed upon or in possible danger the instinct to just preserve yourself through being as quiet as possible and getting through it as quickly as possible is something that you know I learned from a very fucking young age very very young and I think you know anyone who's experienced that would say the same and maybe you just haven't experienced it I don't know have you ever felt like has anyone ever made you feel like you were being kind of preyed upon um in a, in a way that I took it as flattery, though. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was like, ooh, hell yeah, I'm in fourth grade, and she, like, told me to unzip my Hugo Boss shirt a little bit because be sexier. And it wasn't fourth grade. It was, like, right. middle school. But okay. the point was, like, a teacher, like, went up to me and was like, unzip that a little. You should feel sexy. Like, feel sexy. Wow, that's and, inappropriate. And it was really inappropriate, but at the same time, I was like, fuck yeah, fucking adult is, like, feeling me, and I'm like telling me to look sexier and this is sexy and I hope somebody saw that because then they're going to be like, ooh, he has a little something, especially because, you know, my self-esteem was a, uh, what, like an e, like a, like an EKG meter that was all over the place. Oh, you know interesting. what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. super highs and super lows. Interesting. So yeah, I always took it as flattery and was never able to equate it to uh, anything more than that. That's why that power dynamic is so fucked up, though, especially when there's, like, an age difference or, you know, like, the teacher-student level or, you know, like, I had a teacher uh, when I was in theater school write me love letters after he left the school. He had come to teach us, and then he sent me letters and train tickets to come and visit him. And at the time, I remember feeling flattered and sort of, like, intrigued. Like, what would that be like if I went and saw this much older man in a different city? And now I would see it for what it was, and it was just, like, total fucking predation and inexcusable yeah and absolutely should have been reported and he should have been disciplined for it but you know this was like the 90s and it was a different time but yeah but
but it was only a different time because it was a different time. Like it was the same actions. The exact same action and it was exactly as inappropriate then as it is today. It's yeah. not like when people are like, oh, it was a different time back then. It was, no, it was okay for me to give women back rubs at work or whatever the fuck. It was never okay. That was never all right. Like my father never gave women back rubs at the fucking fisheries labs. Like there, there was no time where it was ever okay to behave like that towards women it's a it's an excuse people make to say that like you know now that times have changed they're more aware you 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 were just you know you were a piece of shit then and you were using that bad fucking you know what am I trying to say I'm like Harvey Weinstein for instance when he made his sort of non-apology statement after he was you know outed as a fucking horrible sexual predator who like ruined women's careers who turned down sleeping with him he was like i grew up in the 60s and 70s and it was a different time no you're a sexual fucking predator he used the cloak of those times to behave badly but it wasn't that that was ever fucking appropriate ever cloak of time you were never behaving appropriately and you know that because you tried to fucking hide it so it was never okay. It wasn't okay in the 60s and 70s, and it's not fucking okay today. And you should absolutely feel the right to call someone out if you can. But if you can't, like I couldn't with my fucking landlord, also don't blame yourself and feel bad about it because it's not your job to please someone else's behavior either. That's the other thing. Like it's not on, It shouldn't be on me to correct my landlord. Also, I picture him being like red-faced and sweaty oh, God. the whole time. Totally. Fucking gross. Yeah, so gross. So it's not. I, I. This is really cool to talk with you about. I didn't expect to go here, but like hearing, like it's not your job to correct your landlord, but it is your job to, like, do what you need to in that moment to dip. Do whatever it is that you need to do to stay safe at any moment ever. That is your only responsibility as a person in the world when you're dealing with that kind of thing. Is do whatever you need to do to stay safe, and if you can report them or discipline, you know or not disciplined, but if you can report them and then like make them feel ashamed of behaving badly, great. But that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to, yeah, just get get the fuck out of there. Fuck yeah. You know? God, that makes me think about, um, like, when I would smoke weed when I was younger. I mean, it's always been illegal in Missouri. Uh-huh. But, like, never feeling shame for smoking when wow. I was young, mm-hmm. never feeling shame, only feeling cool, only feeling like I love it. I love being high. This is giving me things that I wouldn't have without it. Like all of that. Like I never felt shame surrounding cannabis. Great. Which is amazing. Yeah. But th- th- I'm learning that that's not the, like I'm, I'm such a fucking like singular selfish loner that I really, it's not until recently that I've been able to see outside of myself. And so when I, when I think about cannabis now and I think about people being like, I love to smoke, but I feel, I feel some shame around it or like religion because I never grew up religious either. You know, like Mm -hmm. those kinds of tenants are not inside me. So it's really crazy to talk with you about this stuff. Interesting. Like shame in general? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how are you relating it to being uh, like preyed upon by someone like this guy? I think because all of them are things that I'm trying to figure out how to equate it. It just, I think it's shame. I think that's, I think it's just different types of shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether it's somebody imposing it upon you and then you feeling it or not feeling it, or whether it's something you're making a choice to do for yourself uh-huh. and then feeling it or not feeling it. Interesting. I could just keep coming back to the word shame right now. Yeah. Shame is a very powerful thing that can be used as a tool to, yeah, keep people down. 
Um, it's something that I deal with a lot. <clears throat> Shame and, and vulnerability. Or Brene Brown talks about it a lot. She's pretty fascinating. You'll hear her. She's on that Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And she's should great. I should I Netflix it? I would watch it with you actually. Have you not seen it? No, I watched it and I would watch it with you again because there's a huge chunk in there that when I was listening to it, I was like, I wonder what Mike would have to say about this. Are you going to be looking at me the whole time? Like we're at like you know when you see people at a comedy show where they one of them looks at the other one Is before he laughing? laughing. Is yeah, he yeah, laughing? Yeah. Do they think? <laughs> it's funny yeah oh I, I just yeah I would actually really like straight up like to know what you think about it because um you know a lot of it I think has to, especially for men you know shame and vulnerability are both very it's um, bitch ass shit yeah well vulnerability it's very hard to be vulnerable as a man in today's world I mean I think in, in, at any time it's men are uh, not really allowed to show vulnerability and they feel a lot of shame around that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, there's no time for shame when I'm being chased by a Tyrannosaurus and I only live to 12. Right. Right? And that shit is like the beginning of man. So it, it's only going to get worse <laughs> when somebody is like, what's money and why is it important? And then, wait, I have to get a job? I live until I'm 14 now. What do you mean I have to get a job? Pterodactyls are loud and all I want to do is have sex before I die. Like, there's... I, I, feel, I feel like it is... <laughs> It is too ingrained in us from, uh, how long have we been on earth? A thousand years? Yeah, sure. What's the Bible say? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it's, yeah, you have to be strong at all times and you have to like, yeah, be, you know, p- p- clubbing things and smashing things and, you know, taking care of things. Uh, to- totally get that. Totally understand. I just think that, um, yeah, I don't even know. Where this Do you ever is go to the bar and pretend that you're in prehistoric times? No. Because it's called the club, and it's basically <laughs> like people clubbing each other over the head and dragging them back to their cave. And you're throwing tiny spears, and those are called darts. And everybody is just like getting fucked up and like bumping into each other in the dark. It is so pre- prehistoric to go to a bar. Hell, it is. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, Man. it like it make. I think about it all the fucking time. How. Yeah, tiny darts. They're just spears, and you're hunting the whole fucking... It's bananas. It is. Yeah. It is. It's really fun to, like, get high and go watch a bunch of people try to hook up. Like, well, we went to that um, mixer last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Highly Devoted. Shout out Molly Peckler. And High End Creatives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They threw a cannabis mixer, and it was really fun because it was, like, you know, a social event on a rooftop in Beverly Hills where everyone got to, like, you know, puff on some cannabis you know fancy vapes and get like a cbd massage and everything but you got a a bracelet that was like your your relationship status basically right like yeah i got one that was green that was like go for it and then there was another one that was like yellow i think that was like it's complicated right and then there was blue what was blue uh hands off oh hands off maybe or taken or something oh i I just thought it meant you get a gift bag That's because you stole a gift bag. I didn't steal that. They gave that to me. Thank you very much. And it was a very nice gift bag. And it had a lot of cool swag in it. Ooh, shout out to Fonse Edibles. And, um, oh my God, there was also this really gorgeous, I can't remember Gold what. Gold Flora? Humble Co. Um, oh, yeah. Oil. So nice. And Gold Flora vapes. But yes, anyway, I got a gift bag. I didn't steal it. But you didn't like the marker. I didn't like the, I didn't like wearing a bracelet that signaled that people should hit on me. It made me so fucking nervous because, I mean, sure, hit on me at a party. Like, I love it. I love being flattered and I love feeling good and, you know, come up and talk to me and make nice and ask me out for coffee sometime. That sounds great. But 
wearing a bracelet that says like please come over and you know like it's basically you've already been swiped right on oh god by the entire party that's why i don't do the apps it makes me fucking feel crazy i need to get to know someone you know and i don't want them to know too much about me until we've you know broken Fucked. bread together oh that no <laughs> <laughs> or yeah just had sex sure <laughs> however it works for you Mike. that's what my bracelet meant oh yeah yeah come come get some <laughs> get over here no, I'm not Scorpion in Mortal Kombat. Throwing <laughs> out a spear that says, get over here, and then yeah. dragging you back to my lair. What no. Did, what did you, what, what color was your bracelet? What did you feel about the I whole took thing? it off as soon as they put it on me. Oh. I, 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 as soon as they put it on, and I was like, what is this? And they told me what it was. I was like, cool, thanks. And then I just walked right by him and ripped it off. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. Why would, I mean, there's no That makes no so law. much sense. That makes so <laughs> much sense. I, I did, I have to say, I really did like the aspect of the mixer celebrating weed at like a singles event. That was a really nice vibe. I totally like that. Yeah, that's how it should be, right? It's yeah. way better. It's like, it's the, it's my preferred method to, you want to grab a drink. Absolutely. I definitely would like to, like, have you ever done speed dating? I, so many jokes. You mean like, come like, real quick and then apologize? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> one way to do it <laughs> uh, no the thing where you like you go around a room and you sit like with different people and oh you yeah see, no you know, i've never done that i've never done it either but i'd be so fascinated but i think that i would probably be i'd be terrible because i would be like probably non-verbal like you know because you want to get really stoned for something like that i feel like you don't even need to talk though you just need to look at them and you can feel if you're sexually attracted to them, like, do I want to keep looking at you? I don't know. I need someone to open their mouth before I know. Oh, okay. So like, oh, hi. <laughs> no, I mean, just like, I've seen very handsome and beautiful people who, as soon as they've opened their mouth, they've said something so appalling that it's made me not want to fuck them. Or someone who I don't find necessarily attractive right off the bat, who then immediately becomes very sexy because they're smart and witty or whatever So the fuck fucking it is. true. You I know? stand corrected. Yeah. yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Ooh, there is a lot in the voice, isn't mm-hmm. there? Hmm. So much, so much. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get something off my chest? Oh, yes. And into the world? Okay. We were talking the other day about don't hand me a phone. And I would love to dig into that on the pod because I have never felt more seen and heard about something that I think we all feel, but no one is talking about. Oh my God, I made the critical error of handing someone a phone recently and she called me out on it. Because you were on the phone with somebody. Yeah. You were talking to, let's call them, give me a fake name. Um, Abigail. That's a great fake name. Wow. Most people go Karen or something. Abigail. Abigail. Wow. Mm -hmm. Third thought. Yeah. All right. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So you were on the phone with Abigail. Yeah. But you were around other people. Yes. I was on the phone with Abigail and I turned to um, Coraline. Oh my God. And just handed the phone, was like, Abigail wants to say hi. And Coraline took the phone, looked a little sort of like flustered, and then I walked away and left her with the phone. And later she was like, hi, please don't do that. I have massive anxiety surrounding something like that. And it was really bad for me. And I kind of like fucked up the phone call and I felt weird. And it was like awkward interact. Like just on every level, I just completely blew it. Don't hand me a phone. Don't hand anyone a phone. I hate being handed a phone. So I can't believe I did it. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like for me, it's when I'm talking to my parents Uh right and i'm catching them with them and then they're like hey 
hold on a second. Here's our neighbor. And it's like, I don't want to talk to the neighbor. The neighbor doesn't yep. want to talk to I'm burping right now. Oh, my God. Because it's such a like. The humors are leaving your body. <laughs> it's a negative thing. Oh, wait. I got one coming, too. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, I called my mom on Mother's Day, and she was having coffee with a friend, and she handed the phone to her friend. And Pauline was just like, Hi. I don't know how are it's nice how's California and I was like why are we on the phone <laughs> neither of us wants this interaction this is terrible and I could hear mom in the background going like she's in Los Angeles and it was just like no but I always give somebody the phone when I'm like I don't want to talk to you but you need but there's like there's still this like weird um, trail of obligation. Sure. So I'm like, well, if you're going to be on the phone, talk to anybody but me because I don't want to talk to you, even though that was the obligation to begin with. I have straight up, we have had business meetings where we've had, like you and I have had a phone call with someone and you will leave me holding the phone and you'll leave me like <laughs> running the conversation. You've done this to me a couple of times. So I'm glad to talk I, about this because I'm glad to call you out on it. I've been I've like- straight up walked away. Oh, you've been like in the other room and I'm like, hi, we're on this call together. Mike- Hi. <laughs> and whoever it is that we're on the phone with is just like, you know, obviously, hopefully doesn't know. Um, but yeah, you you definitely are the uh, leave someone with the phone and walk away kind of. Yeah. Oh, I'm bad on a conference call. Oof. I'm so quiet. Everyone's like, Mike, what do you think? And I'm like, sounds good. And yeah. that's the end of it. Nobody wants a conference call. Why is everyone? Why are we having What's conference a, call etiquette? I don't know, but I hate them. I hate them. Our friend Ryan starts every sentence with, hey, this is Ryan, I think. Yeah, that's such a nice move. Oh, it's so good. It's so professional. I actually did learn to do that on conference calls with I do production gigs sometimes with Live Nation. And those guys have so many conference calls because they dot every I and cross every T. Sometimes they cross. They cross eyes. eyes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) They X out things. Totally. No, it's actually fucking amazing to work with such a well-oiled machine because they're so good at what they do. But it's because they have hella calls and emails. And it's really um, tough. Because they're, you know, I don't, I don't do conference calls if I can help it. Can we go back to your phone move that you shared with me? Oh yeah. Grow like I can't remember if it was growing up or when you would do it. Oh. But I love this. This is one of those moves that I'll never forget. <laughs> that is brilliant. So I started doing it in. I can't remember. I think I started doing it when I was living in New York, maybe, and I was like just at a time in my life where I was like going, you know, like life was fucking crazy and people were always trying to like get me on the phone. And, um, you were a jet setter. I was, yeah, I was a jet setter. I was like, you know, super fucking busy and always like running around and you know, people always wanted to like get me on the phone. And so I had a move where I would just always make sure that I would open the fridge and like take out some meat or be like (coughs) tossing a salad or have just like cut a lemon to zest or something so that I would not physically be able to take the phone (laughs) with my hands so that I would just have to have them be like put up to my ear for a second to be like, yeah, oh, hi, hi. Yes. So great. No, I'm super busy, but it's great. Mm, Okay. Bye. Mm." <laughs> and it was awesome. And then I just realized that every time I felt the anxiety of being forced into a conversation with someone on the other end of the line, I could just get out of it by like picking up some bratwurst. <laughs> I love the idea of you always having a panic salad in the fridge. Oh, yeah. Like, so that at any time you're like, oh! one for each hand. <laughs> Oh my god! Fall out of my chair. You almost fell. <laughs> Double two salads. You have one in each hand. Always. You're always tossing salads. Always, always. Oh, it's, yeah. You're in the living room. You have like a 
You always have like a panic salad on the end table. Panic just salad, in case. totally. Totally. It makes me think too of like of like how <laughs> sorry. You know how Emmanuel doesn't like shake hands. Like yeah, like yeah. I people probably thought I had some like weird fucking OCD about like having my hands in food all the time. Maybe I just picture you at the mall like walking reverse. with your sister uh-huh. and your mom calls and you're walking towards Claire's and your mom's like, "Hang on, here's Mary Jane." And turns and you still have your hands in a salad in the middle of the mall. It's like, "I don't know. I can't. <laughs> Where'd the Caesar come from?" just always have panic salads to get out of that fucking phone call don't hand me a phone i'm not good at it i'm not um yeah my anxiety ratchets right up as soon as i'm like oh no i have to talk to you know whoever that person is such a good lesson they're all lovely they are but they're always nobody needs to talk on the phone anymore you know, so every time it happens, it's like, ah. I disagree. I have such great phone conversations with certain people in my life. Like, I have three hour long conversations with my friend Allison all the time. Fucking great. But it's not every, it's fair, you know, it's just a choice few. Yeah, that's what it is. You know? It's choice. Yeah. Damn, this whole episode is about choice. Yeah. Love it. Making choices. What were else? You, were what? you going to snap? I was going to snap. How'd you, how come you stopped your snap? I don't know. I was like partway there and then I stopped. I don't know what happened. Okay. No judgment. That's okay. It just felt like you were going to snap. No judgment. That makes me think of my, um, how we were having a conversation at brunch the other day. I was with my friend Eric and he was saying that he gets Botox because um, it helps him maintain a judgment-free zone when he's <laughs> doing people's hair. <laughs> It was like, it makes my face judgment-free. That's amazing. And I was like, that's the best description I've ever heard of Botox. Yeah. It helps me not give away everything I'm feeling. Yep. Sold. Judgment-free zone. Sold. Maybe I should get some Botox. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is doing it. Damn right. Yeah. I know so many people who do it. All Like everyone I know here in Los Angeles. And I was shocked, truly shocked when I found out it's actually really is everyone. Yeah. yeah. I, I put it in my palms because I have those pesky creases in my hand. Oh, how did that work out? Lifeline gone. Oh, weird. Yeah. That's so creepy. I just have smooth palms now. <laughs> Real sexy. Yeah, baby yeah. palms. Baby, yeah, they're baby palms. Nice. They look like ice rinks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that, like, as, as funny as I sometimes think I am, you never will just humor me by being like oh you're always funny a lot of the times it's like all right mike (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't bother you no i love it it keeps me in check okay good if i fly that close to the sun all the time i'm gonna think that i belong there i mean (laughs) i feel like i support right always you crack me the fuck up i laugh at everything you say i find you wildly funny most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. If you swing at every pitch, you're going to strike out once in a while. Yeah, that's true. Totally. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so ice rink hands? No. No. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> oh, shit. Unless you could like picture them with like little Zambonis driving around on them or something. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Little yeah. baby Zam- Zambones? Yeah, that'd be good. Hand Zambonis? <laughs> that's insane. That's, I don't know. Yeah. do you want to get to our final segment that i was thinking of yes well it was because of um my tweet the other day about my top 10 condiments okay and uh some some really nice people weighed in with what their favorite condiment is and what their top 10 condiments are and nobody's right nobody's wrong but i also would love to know what your number one condiment is 
Are you asking me? Yes. Oh. Or can we lay out a couple? Yeah, let's lay out a few. Okay, Okay. well, first let's go through your list because I think controversial in your number one spot was... um, Sour cream. Yeah. Sour cream is the best condiment in the world. Is it a condiment? Yes, because it's not the main. I think anything that's not the main drag is a condiment. Okay. Right? Gotcha. Okay, I get it. I get the way you're thinking now. I think that's fair. Okay. Like like if we were doing pizza. Sure. uh, I would think that topping and condiment is... Mm -hmm is the same. So cheese, you're calling a condiment? I absolutely think it is because Mm -hmm. the bread is your main plate. The bread is a plate. Everything else is a condiment on top. I just feel like cheese is is its own thing, not a condiment. Like you can put things on cheese. You can put, you know, quince paste on cheese. So you think that cheese is a plate? Yes. Bread is a plate. Cheese is a plate. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You can't put condiments on condiments. So if it's something that can take a condiment, it itself is not a condiment. I love that rule. Right? That's the rule. So cheese can take a condiment. Therefore, it itself is not a condiment. Damn right. Well, if we're talking sour cream and let's say I was folding in some chives. Oh, well, chives are a sprinkle or a garnish though. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We have our rules. Like a hot spot, hot sauce on, on sour cream. That's a sprinkle, you know, or a garnish. I wouldn't call it like a, Yeah. Right? I think so. Chives, okay. like chives, salt, pepper. Sure. These aren't condiments. Microgreens. Seasoning. Yes. Herbs. Got it. Cool. Okay. okay. Cheese is a plate. Bread is a plate. Sour, sour cream's a condiment. Sour cream's a condiment. What's your number two? My number two, well, see, it's weird, right? I, I think ranch is the easy go-to one. Okay. But right now, I'm in like Caesar heaven. Oh. I love Caesar dressing right now so much. Is dressing a condiment, though? Dressing, well, yeah, because lettuce, no. lettuce is your table. But condiments to me are like ketchup and mustard and chutney and, you know, things that you you wouldn't like work throughout an entire dish. Like dressing is a component of the salad that I would say is it's sort of an ingredient as opposed to a condiment. Dressing is such a condiment. Mm, I don't know. How could it not be? Tomato. A tomato is not a condiment. No, a tomato is a vegetable. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> this is the stupidest. What are you talking about? Anything gloppy, anything gloppy, sloppy, or liquid is a condiment. Oh, I was hoping you'd say floppy. Oh, I should have. <laughs> Damn it. Anything gloppy, floppy, or sloppy is a condiment. <laughs> That's how the rules are made. So this two-week-old hot dog? It's floppy. It's so floppy, and it's kind of gloppy at this point. <laughs> Gross. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else? So yeah, so for me, Caesar is a current number two. But if Caesar we're going, dressing. yeah, but if we're going all time ranch, so it would go sour cream ranch. Like it's a dairy heavy list. What else? Um, you know, blue cheese is on there. Hot sauce is like around the bottom of it. Huh. I'm not a big hot sauce person. Okay, I never was. I feel like it's too overpowering, mm. and it doesn't. I don't have the palate to get the nuance of a hot sauce. Mm. You know, I'm just like, oh, that's spicy but uninteresting. Oh, there, yeah. I did not grow up with any hot sauce in my home in Newfoundland, Canada. There was like, what's hot sauce? Mm-hmm. But I have learned from some friends who are like, oh, they go to bat for Cholula over Tabasco or Crystal over All the same whatever. Shit. You know. I th- there are nuances. I would do a hot sauce tasting session with you. Oh, I would do that with someday. you. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, because I really genuinely don't have the... Let's do Distinction. it. Let's rank some hot sauces. I'd love to do a hot yeah. sauce ranking. Okay. We'll, we'll get some soft scrambled eggs and do some hot sauce rankings. Soft something. scrambled eggs? Yeah, that's what I would put hot sauce on. Not a taco? Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Newfoundland again. <laughs> <laughs> 
an island in the North Atlantic. It is um, very white and uh, surrounded by icebergs and seals. Oh, even even the landscape is white. Yeah, there's no hot anything. It's very cold and very white. <laughs> and there's no hot sauce. And so eggs, eggs it is. Eggs it is. Okay. Also what, white. Yeah. Great. You know. Um, when... When I think about the other ones in there, what I was surprised that people would write in was syrup makes their top 10 as a condiment. And that to me is unexpected, but I'm for it. I'm with it. Is it a condiment though? What do you fucking, it's syrup. That's just like a sauce. Or a dressing. Again, I'm having a tough time with the definition of condiment. I feel like you're breaking, like everything needs an umbrella. Otherwise, the rain gets everywhere. Oh, my God. And when I'm thinking of condiment, it is a catch-all word for all of these other words you're talking about. You just held your head in your hands. I know. (laughs) I'm so frustrating. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Don't apologize. I think... I just take issue with things like Caesar dressing and syrup being called condiments. I disagree that they're condiments. I think they're components of dishes, and mm, I don't know. I could see that you you hate that. Okay, it's not that I, I'm listening because I know. it's. I feel like we could go back and forth and say the same thing over and we over. Could. But what I'm really trying to figure out is like what these subcor- why these subcategories are important. I they're probably not. I just like fighting with you. I do too. But when you're talking, but like syrup would be under. Syrup, well, okay, here's the thing. Like, I would I would say one of my top condiments would be gravy. It was a very Canadian thing to say. It's I, great. I love poutine. I love fish and chips. There's a thing where I'm from called chips dressing and gravy, where it's potato, like French fries, um, dressing, like the stuffing that you get in a turkey, and gravy poured over it. It's fucking oh, delicious. So it's bread on bread on bread? Yeah, it was bread on potatoes. Fuck gravy yeah. over bread on potatoes. Fucking delicious. Um, but gravy isn't really a condiment. It's a sauce, right? Do you think? I feel like condiment is above sauce, and sauce is a subcategory of condiment. No, that's how I feel because about it. Like the, I don't the think they're mutually exclusive. And you know, like the, mother sauces in French cuisine. Yeah, yeah Bernays and Hollandaise and whatever the other Bordelais and um, Au Poivre, whatever they are. Les Paul. <laughs> they're not condiments. In fact, the French, like, so if a French person would just walk up and slap you, <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry for that terrible accent. They would not be happy if you were trying to call those things condiments, right? Is it, is it, if I chose and I said all of these are sauces, would that make it better? Well, because- sour cream's not a sauce, though. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Where, where are we going okay, to go with this? Fine, okay, fine, fine. So let's say there's two fucking categories. Okay. Sauces, yeah. which is runny fun. Sure. And condiments, <laughs> which is gloppy hills. Okay. All right? Gotcha. Runny fun and gloppy hills. Okay. Chutney is a condiment. Great. Cool. Nacho cheese. Uh, sauce. Great. Okay, so we have our two. Strawberry jam. Oh. Hmm. See? Mm. Tough. It's got to go sauce, right? Because it's runnier. Like, yeah, it, like I think if so. you were to pour it, it would it would flow. Like if you heat it and pour it on some crepes. Yep. That's a sauce. On who crepe? Crepes. Oh, you know, le yeah. crepe. Okay, so we've got we've got our two okay. things: sauce versus condiment. Sauce versus condiment. Cool. Great. So my number one um, glop is sour cream. Gotcha. And my number one uh, runny river of flavor would be ranch. Okay. Cool? Cool. Great. Okay. So we can both agree on these? I can agree that those are your favorites. 
What's your what? What are your two number ones? Oh, my number one sauce would be the aforementioned gravy on poutine with you know melty cheese curds and that whole situation. Um, and my number one condiment would probably be chutney, mango chutney. I fucking love mango chutney. Yeah, yeah. It's such a it's such a like it's the dude who when we were if you were to play basketball it's like yeah I guess I'll take this dude and then he dunks on everybody and you're like damn yeah yeah totally totally and a really good mango chutney has like incredible spices and it just I think the idea of a condiment is that it just takes a little bit of it to brighten up the whole dish it can't be a major component of it which is why I object to like salad dressing being called a condiment you know a condiment is really like you take a spoonful of something and you put it on the dish to sort of brighten the whole thing. That's right? interesting. That is because uh, a dressing slathers. Yes. Damn. Yeah. This and is so such stone talk. I love it so much. That's why I would not call sour cream a condiment because it doesn't heighten the dish. It just, like, if anything, it, te- it tempers it. And I would say that in order to be a condiment, it needs to heighten. Right. Holy fucking stoner talk. It's so stoner. I love it so much. This yeah. is the most important podcast we've ever done. Oh my God. This is my favorite episode <laughs> ever. <laughs> Mango chutney. I like that. Mm-hmm. What What is it? Yeah, please. Well, I was just going to say, I grew up, so my dad was born in India and his mother had some amazing Indian recipes that she passed down. So my dad's favorite, favorite, favorite cuisine was Indian food. And so I always grew up like special occasions. That's what we went out for. Yeah. And so I just associate it with like really happy times with my family. And so mango chutney takes me back to those days where I'm like with my dad and my sister and my mom and we're at India Gate or, you know, wherever, anywhere. I can have it anytime. And it just makes me think of home. That's it's, beautiful. It's lovely. It's a total ratatouille moment. What's your number twos? Number two sauce, I would say au poivre on steak. What is an au poivre? You've oh, an au poivre, like a pe- like a peppercorn sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, it's so good. Yeah, you just made me swallow. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! You said the word, and my throat went goo. Yeah. That's wild. Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah. I would say yeah, au poivre, and then number two condiment, I would have to say, like a jam, maybe a strawberry jam. Yeah. No, wait, that's a sauce. Fuck. Mm. Mm. Uh Oh. Grey poop, number one dish. <laughs> grey poop is the number one dish. Yeah. No, number two condiment, number one dish. I had some grey poop today, swiped on a, it's all I had in my kitchen, was a piece of um, black forest ham wrapped in a piece of cheddar with a little swipe of grey poop, and it was delish. That sounds fucking fantastic. It was really good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Ate it standing over the sink, like, you know, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> that was my lunch. <laughs> It's great. I you love when me. the sink is a plate. Oh, totally. I was, my house is a total shambles. It's it's a crazy place. It's getting better. How about you? It's so funny. You're like, I had nothing in my fridge except for sharp cheddar, black forest ham, <laughs> gray poupon, champagne, barely any caviar. That was terrible. <laughs> just the worst. And I'm just eating it on bellinis over my sink like a monster. Like a total crazy monster. <laughs> What's your number twos? Oh, I said my number twos. Wait, you did? Didn't I? Did you? I don't know. You said oh, sour no. cream and ranch. <coughs> That's right. Before we made the sub... Okay. So my number two plop would be... <laughs> ah, shit. Now number That's hard. Plop. My number two plop would be 
uh, this is where it gets tricky because all the rest of mine are, are sauces. Oh, see, you're into sauces and you don't even like condiments that much. I didn't even have guac on my list because I was like, yeah, guac is not. That's a dip. <laughs> no, this is getting so deep. That is a dip and that is not a condiment, neither a condiment nor a sauce. I feel like we were like, yeah, we'll check out the dark web for a second. And then we're like, how did we get to this murder porn? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dips versus sauces versus condiments versus seasonings versus garnishes. Yeah. None of these are main components, but they're all. I know my number two condiment. What is it? Um, well, if you, I don't want to take Dij because you took Dij. Yeah. Wait, no, Dij is a sauce. Great poop. Number one, Dij. Condiment. Condiment. 100%. Even though it's not a glop. And it's a slide. It is a glop. Okay, then I'm swipe. gonna. Then I'm gonna go. I'm. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're so dumb. We're so dumb, and I love it so much. Uh, okay, well then I would have to go. Can I say blue cheese because it has glops in in the sauce? I don't think a cheese can be. It's a, a hybrid. Mm-mm. You won't let me cross. You won't let me play both sides of the court. No, it, cheese can't be a condiment. Fucking hell. Yeah. You're a sauce boy. <laughs> I am a sauce boy. <laughs> see, yeah, yeah. I'm a straight up sauce boy. Sauce boy. Yeah. Wow. It's it's wild that uh, sour cream, which is just like stiff peak sauce. Yeah. Took my number one spot, but like Loki, I'm a sauce boy. You are a sauce boy. <laughs> I like knowing this about you. So it true. makes sense though, because I think you have such a great palate that, like, you know with all your culinary leanings and stuff. It makes sense that you're a sauce boy. That's so funny. That's <laughs> uh-huh. so great. Hey, Mom. Got some news. What's up? I'm a sauce boy. <gasps> <laughs> Would she be shocked? No, she'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Always knew it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like in that uh, BuzzFeed video I just did, that Drunk vs. High BuzzFeed video, mm-hmm. and I, I had uh, Ryan bring me my childhood sandwich. We traded childhood memories, and I, my childhood memory sandwich was smooth peanut butter with strawberry cream cheese in a sandwich and i tried it again and it was just like a gloppy thick piece of shit it tasted so fucking it tasted like what you would put bricks together with wow it was so thick and so gummy and gross and i was like fuck so yeah and no wonder i went the other way as i became an adult and became a sauce boy (laughs) you just made me think of one of my craziest childhood snacks that has to do with sour cream Oh, my mom had a snack where I would she would give me a bowl of green grapes, like freshly washed cold green grapes, and then a little thing of sour cream. And then on a small, tiny plate, a little bit of brown sugar. And you would dip the grape in the sour cream and then in the brown sugar. Isn't that the fucking craziest? It sounds incredible. It's so fucking good. Wow. I want to try it right fucking now. Yeah, that would be the new restaurant move. Fuck bread and butter at the start of a dinner. Yeah. Fuck oil and a little bit of balsamic in a dish. You bring the table some crisp cold green grapes, sour cream, and brown sugar to yeah. start that meal. And it's the soft sugar, not the not the like crystalline, you know, rock candy sugar, like the the kind of like fine brown sugar. God. It's like a little powder. I hope everyone listening smokes the most delicious weed in the Ugh. world and tries that for themselves. It's that sounds, so good. Yeah. It's a total like fifties, like East Coast Canada, you know, hostess snack. 
Really? It's fucking weird. It sounds like high-end stoner food that makes perfect sense to me. I think that's what a lot of those weird 50s like hostess snacks are. <laughs> 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 like if you open up, I used to be fascinated by like cookbooks from the 50s from like the Midwest and shit with like ambrosia salad and all that kind of stuff. Gross. Total stoner food. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the only way you can enjoy it is if you're fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> Like all that shit in aspic and stuff, you yeah. know? It's a bunch of, it's like, it's like a jello mold that is, it's essentially a hot dog, but it's yeah. a jello mold. Just dump a bunch of your old bullshit in there and cut a slice. Yeah, it's crazy. The only way that you can possibly enjoy that is if you're a high as fuck. So. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, can we wrap up? My throat is starting to feel like uh, sandpaper. Yeah, I need to go and get in my bed and watch a movie on my new TV. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited. This has been a really nice chat. This has been really fun. I feel great. I hope everyone listening feels really great, too. Me, too. Real talk. If you're out there and you fuck with us, if you don't mind leaving a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcast, it helps us so much. Yeah. If you actually have the time to write a comment, we are, it makes such a difference because we can share it on our socials, and it just helps us like get more listeners. So Yeah. And honestly, more listeners equals hopefully more people knowing that like cannabis is is safe and it's okay like i don't you know what i'm saying i don't yeah. need to high horse it yeah we, I we're think just trying to get the word out knows the message that we're trying to spread like safe and fair access for all man fucking right how you about know? that plant eh how how about it eh sorry i called you a whale at the beginning oh fuck i'd forgotten about it damn it <laughs> way to bring it back yeah just trying to put a bow on this gift <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> uh, follow at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Email us at weedandgrub at gmail.com. Check out our website. I don't know. If we have a Facebook page. All, all that stuff. We love hearing from people, um, especially stories of, you know, folks who listen who are in places where they don't have access to cannabis. Like, what, you know, what's the fight like where you are? You know? Tell yeah. Us, tell us your news. Tell us your stories. Absolutely. Yeah. And tell us what your uh, childhood meal was. What's your childhood snack? Yeah. I fucking want to know. And send more whisk picks. I haven't gotten a whisk pick in a while. Ooh, you like those big, thick whisks. I like a big, fat whisk. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and on that note. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>